Listening Dog Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Heal is Real podcast with Abby Eastwood and Debbie Mack. Welcome to the Heal is Real podcast. I'm Abby Eastwood. And I'm Debbie Mack. And today we are going to be speaking to Georgia Hayes. Now she's from Liverpool, but now the lucky thing lives in Portugal. Uh, She had her breast implants for eight years and she's going to tell us about her journey with breast implant illness. Hello, Georgia. Hi, nice to meet you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm great. I'm uh, on the other side of it. So yeah, I'm great. (laughs) Yeah. And you're living in the sunshine as well, you lucky thing. And now, and honestly, it is a beautiful day, not to rub it in even more, but it is a gorgeous day. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, so you had the implants put in eight years ago. Yeah. So I would like to go back to when you were in the consultant's room. Okay. What, at that point, eight years ago, did they tell you about breast implants and how safe they are? Oh, not much, to be honest. Um, I feel like when I went, because to be honest, I went to an boat maybe six surgeons before I actually chose who I was going to and I would say out of all six surgeons even the one I ended up with there was no sort of like safety talk or upkeep or anything like that um it was all really to do with what size you want what are you looking for and it was all to do with image nothing to do with it with safety as I say so Yet my experience didn't really have that element to it. I had uh, little to not no knowledge about, you know, the implications of having implants. And at that time, 2014, even my goal was just to just feel more comfortable aesthetically. So yeah, that was the that was kind of the be all and end all of it, really. So when you went into these consultations, yeah. were you thinking about the health aspects of it at all? It's so glamorised, isn't it? And t- well, it what mm. definitely was back then. And for me, no, I I mean, I have to be super honest. It just wasn't something that crossed my mind at that point. I just wanted to feel like or have this image that I'd seen on tv in magazines and actually when you walk into the consultation rooms like like this is pretty funny this is what behind you are these kinds of images now if you're listening this is like almost like someone posing and it's all Mm. to do with like sexualizing and and Mm. i just didn't i didn't have that in my mind and it didn't get told that now obviously i look back now and i'm really disappointed with that level of care because you go in for any other you know surgery operation you're given the implications of having the procedure nine times out of ten and you just don't get yeah. that with breast implantation. I mean, you didn't back then. Yeah. Did you, were there all these six consultations, were they in the UK or were they in Portugal? Mm-hmm. They were all in the UK. I was I was living in the UK at the time. I've been in Portugal for about a year and a half now. So this was 2014. So in 2014, I, they were all in the UK and I ended up going with transform in the end. And did you have a lot of friends that had breast implants at the time? 
Yeah, I had a few. Um, mm. I had a few that I was just, it, it seemed pretty common, as common as, you know, everyone has the same Charlotte Tilsbury foundation. And it was like that back then. <laughs> Every, yeah. Everyone just went and got it done. It was just, it was easy, accessible. You could finance it. So you didn't even have to have a, a huge amount of money behind you to go and get it done. It just seemed so, so simple, so quick, which is pretty scary. So, Georgia, how old, if you don't mind me asking, were you then when you were going around all of these surgeons for consultations? Because you look pretty young. Thank you very much. I was 21 at the time um, when I went in and I am... Oh, you're a baby. 30 now. I was a baby, Wow. Mm. 21. So, 21, going around six different surgeons and not one of them said to you because that was around the time that breast implant illness was starting to surface I think wasn't it around 2014 so when did I get sick I got sick in 2015 so no it wasn't actually it wow. wasn't so it wasn't really mentioned at that point yeah, I think it was about 2016 you said yeah. you started so the group. actually if you think about it it wasn't known I didn't see anything at the time but I also yeah I, I want to say that while saying I were actively looking for that and even if it did at the time I think my level of maturity or my view on my self-worth, self-love and what I wanted to achieve at that time, this perfect image, I don't even think with the knowledge that if somebody said to me, you know, these are the health implications, I don't even know whether I would have changed my mind. And I, and I want to be super honest in saying that because, yeah. I mean, and I mean, don't get me wrong. It's gonna, it's gonna support your judgment, and maybe those around me of me mum, because my mum came with me to my appointment. If she was maybe told some of the implications, maybe it could have been persuaded. I'm not too sure, but at the time, unlike now, I was trying to find this perfect image for I don't know happiness. As I say, trying to yeah have this sense of like self worth that I didn't feel like I had at the time. So, um, and I thought breast implants were, were going to give me that. And maybe they did temporarily, um, but they definitely fade us. I think we can all relate to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And can I just say that I was 45 and I did know a little bit about breast implant illness, yeah. but my surgeon talked me out of it saying that it was very rare. My friend said that they didn't have any symptoms. And I've got a friend now who's listened to the whole of series one of this podcast and she's still doing it. So, I know. you know, you know there, there are some people that still go into it. Do you know what? I yeah. always remember this sentence they said to me and it, it was... It really like now gives me goosebumps. I remember the only thing I remember discussing was about, um, say, like leaks and the and then the burst. And I remember the surgeon that I actually mm. went for said to me, you know, these like zero chance you could run over these with a truck and they wouldn't burst. And now I still remember that nah. sentence. And I'm like, how can you say that? Because it's so, it's a lot more common than people think to have a leak, a, a rupture, and to say you could run over these with a truck and, and give you that sense of, oh, uh, like it, it could never happen. It's just crazy. It's diabolical to use them kinds of terms. They're still salesmen, aren't yeah. they? You're, you're in having the consultation and they're salesmen. So then they are not going to necessarily, unless they legally have to, tell you about the downsides to them. And we've all seen the videos on social media with the disgusting capsules and cutting them open and goo coming yeah. out. And, ugh, it's 
disgusting. I was going to just say on that part, I think what we have to remember is I saw a video of the breast implants that I had inside me. And when they were first Uh, made, they were put underneath the car wheel and a car drove over them and the breast implant was fine. That's all good and well when they're first made. But once they've been inside a body where Mm. you've got all of the stuff going on and the, you know, well, Mm. it's just, you know, whatever is occurring inside the body and your body trying to react to it and and all of that. Obviously, after five, six years, I don't think a car could run over them anymore. No, definitely not. No way. Definitely not. And obviously, you're not. You know, there's no sort of, um, you know, anatomy talk about that, that the body eventually, it is a foreign body and eventually the body will, you know, start to fight against it like anything if someone has a knee replacement or et cetera. You're not really, you know, like that 10 year, after 10 years, you may need to get them out. That's, um, think about that. Isn't that just crazy when you think about, they say after 10 years, you may need to renew them. So so if we actually think about that, then obviously over time, they start to deteriorate. Yeah. We're not, you're not told that in the appointment. And I love the fact it's may need to. Yeah. <laughs> you may need to remove them. It's not, you definitely need to. Yeah. Ladies, I, I just want to play you something that um, somebody tagged a surgeon in on Instagram. And I just want to play you this. Just wanted to dispel some myths about breast implants, that they have to be replaced after 10 years. Not necessarily true. We used for the longest time and still do silicone gel implants, which have been improved by a stronger outer shell, better quality material inside, gummy bear. Um, And they can last for 10, 15, 20 years. We don't really know. We have the ability to do it. We don't really know. That's (laughs) why I love love it. Oh my god! <laughs> we don't so really know. They're still saying it now. They're still saying and it no now. Talk about the body. So the capsule that surrounds the implant. How are scar tissue or tissue from? How does that? How is that affected? Because if you if you look on most um, explantations, you can see as the the longer the person's had them in the body, the actual capsule around the implant. It looks like a darker colour. It starts to be less effective in, in keeping the capsule either in place or, you know, protecting itself. So it's not just that the capsule's aging and deteriorating. Your actual cells that, as soon as the implant goes in, it starts to, you know, worm its way around and cover the implant to protect your body because it's a foreign body. This tissue, this capsule, naturally over time, gets less defensive in protecting the body. So it's not just the... The the mm. it's not just the implant that's deteriorating. Your body can only do its best for so long to protect you. Yeah, and uh, and obviously your body is getting older over time as well. And yeah. I, I do think that this is probably why it's it seems to be normally. I know you're quite young, Georgia, but but a lot of the ladies that we seem to speak to are that little bit older because they've got older bodies trying to fight something off. Yeah, and I mean, I do mm. think in terms of the age, I do think it's. It can be also because I think it takes you a while with maturity to almost naturally as we as we get older and we get older, we start to go a bit more introspective and think, you know, do we need these things? Do we want this th- these things? You know, you start to really have a a look at yourself and how you're showing up, and these terms start to come up for us: self worth, what we want, and that does come with age, unfortunately, because these ideas or these terms and teaching you know, young ladies to find self-confidence and feeling sexy or whatever the trying to achieve doesn't come from having bigger boobs, but this isn't taught in schools. And no. and 
unfortunately with age, the beauty of age is we do become more mature and start to realise on our own maybe just natural, you know, through natural um, education and ageing that we start to really go introspective and see we don't need these big boobs to feel beautiful and sexy. It's just a shame that this can't be taught earlier and really start to look at prevention yeah. and stopping these things, you know, like breast implants being so common. Yeah. So when um, did you have your light bulb moment that your implants were making you ill? I mean, we haven't even discussed what symptoms you have, yeah. but obviously you mm. have to put two and two together to then realise that all the symptoms that you had in the past were related to your implants. So talk us through that. Yeah. So for me, it was about, um, I've got two little boys, age four and two, and it was just before me elders. So maybe about four or five years ago, I started to feel discomfort first, like pain in the sides. Um, one of the implants has like moved, like dropped a little bit. It just looked funny. And I'd also had uh, an encapsulation. So discomfort and encapsulation had happened about four or five years ago. Should we just explain what encapsulation is? Sorry, yeah. Just for anybody who doesn't know. It's it's fine. Just just to recap over that for anybody who's listening who maybe doesn't know. Yeah, so I mean I might say this wrong myself sometimes. It's it's where the capsule almost has an indent, so it it can it can invert on itself at least certain degrees as as uh, as well to that. So how you know, how severe the encapsulation is. I think they grade it. They have a number of grades as well. It can basically shrink. The capsule can shrink, can't it? Yeah. And and that and that crushes the implant. And and a lot of people find that they get one or maybe two in some cases if they're really unlucky. Really, really hard boobs, and that's what that's all about. So you got yeah, that on one side. Um, and I did reach out to the the surgeon to the practice that put them in and. I actually went and visited them and they just said there was nothing they could do. I'd have to pay X amount to remove them. Um, myself, you know, they just weren't willing to check it up kind of thing to see if anything was wrong and just me off basically. Um, mm. And then as the years progressed, um, I started to get more symptoms, just like brain fog, hair loss started. I lost a lot of hair and it was... It was like huge clumps coming out, so it wasn't like um, a little bit of hair. It was, it was apparent something was a little bit off. And I've always been, so my background's in health and fitness, and I'm a self-development coach now, and I've always been fit and healthy, never really had a lot of problems in that, in that respect. So it was pretty apparent that something was a little bit off. And then again, I would say maybe about two years ago, the symptoms really ra- ramped up on one of the most, profound ones was was blurry vision I was really struggling with blurry vision and um even when I was driving mm. sometimes I'd have to pull over and almost wait for it to pass a little bit um and then just as I say I had children w- within this mist of my symptoms starting over the last four or five years I know people say well why didn't you you know straight away I did get it checked up I didn't act straight away and that was because I had children as well at the time and you know afterwards it's a lot like Mm, it is I'm so glad I didn't do that at the time because I couldn't pick my kids up for for weeks which was which was really emotionally uh testing so yeah the symptoms my key symptoms was blurry vision hair loss 
um, and the pain. Like, so even when I was teaching a class, because at the time, four or five years ago, I would, I don't do this really anymore, but I teach a lot of fitness classes. I could barely do a press up on one side. I was in that much pain. And as I say, they just progressed over the years. And I got to the point after having my second child about two years ago, um, I wouldn't even say, I don't know if I'd say it was a light, a light bulb moment. It, it kept me awake at night for years. For the last couple of years, I, I knew I wanted to have them done. It was just about finding the right time. And with the children, really, that was always my my dilemma or what pulled me back was how can I be a hands-on mum and have these things out of the body and then I realised that, well, I don't, you know, how long are they going to have me? How do I know this is going to progress? And we got to Portugal about a year and a half ago and I, so I thought, you know, I feel like now is the time. Um, but then it started to progress into um, who am I going to go with? I live in Portugal. Where am I going to fly? Logistically, how is this going to happen? And I did miss out there just before we moved to Portugal a year and a half ago. I did go to another practice and I tried to get advice um, about having them removed and it was another another practice in Liverpool, a private hospital. Um, and the surgeon at the time, she was brilliant. You know, she was all for me getting them out. However, she weren't really versed in explantation. So removing the capsule at the same time. And I'd been following Dr. Rankin for a couple mm. of years and I knew, I knew it wasn't an option for me just to have the implant yeah. removed. I knew it was key to have the full explant. She just didn't seem comfortable. She said there was no evidence to support the explant that the appearance of the breast was going to be massively implicated because of removing the capsule and that she felt more comfortable leaving them in. So obviously that weren't an option. Gets to Portugal, fast forward, I actually reached out to Dr. Rankin, not thinking he'd get back to me, but I just shot me shot and thought, well, I'm going to reach out and say I'm in Portugal I've been suffering from major symptoms for the last five years. I'm feeling a bit lost with direction. Do you have any advice on, you know, what I could do? Because I can't fly to people like him and leave my children for that long. Uh, just, just for anyone that's listening that didn't hear Dr. Yeah. Rankin's mm. episode in series one, he's in Florida, yeah, sorry, which yeah. is quite far from Portugal. Yeah. So he, he actually messaged me back and said, you know, the only thing I can provide you with is this list. So he sent me this, it's called healing breast implants illness like a website and they have a link on it um i, I can i can share the link i've still got it um off the, dr rankin and it's just a list of all the um surgeons that were in support of breast implants in illness and explantation across multiple countries and i clicked mm. on and i was scrolling through and you know there's only a few pay countries say so, and I found one in Porto, which is literally a 30-minute flight from where I am now. Yeah. And a couple of hours drive. So I was so blessed to get that list. And then I found my surgeon, which is Dr. Gustavo in Porto. And that's where I started to make that connection and take the next step, really. So when you did you... um. Did you manage to breastfeed with your children or did you struggle with that as well? Yeah, I mean, I was pain. in a lot of pain. Um especially with the one I said where it had the encapsulation, the tightness uh, on one side. And also I, I really struggled to produce on that side. But you, I mean, I don't know if, if it was directly the implant, but it, it seems pretty obvious that it 
than that it was to me. But yeah, just tenderness, soreness. And I think with the first one, I had such a traumatic time with that process. With my second child, I kind of gave up very early because I just didn't want to go through that pain again, really. After the surgery, how, well, how did the surgery go for you, your um, explant surgery? Yeah, it went amazing, to be honest with you. Like from the minute that I got talking to Dr. Gustavo and I also reached out to other ladies who'd been with him, he was just he was just so hands-on in answering every question and just super, super supportive because, you know, I I, I fully knew because uh, I'd gone through something similar after anyone who's listening who's had children before. I knew my body was massively going to change for me. They were, they, they made me look a lot different. Everyone I walk out and meet now goes, oh my God, you've lost so much weight and I have lost so much weight. I've just had me boob removed. Yeah. All people go, you look so <laughs> different. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, just had me boobs cut off. But, um, <laughs> cut off. <laughs> I know. So, so I knew I was going to go through like a huge, I mean, I like, I think the a good term is almost like an identity crisis because I'd identified with this image of Georgia, who was this, you know, health and well-being coach, PFF boobs, and I, I strongly identified with who I was as a person with this with this almost image. So I did speak to Gustavo about that, like how I was going to look afterwards. And it was the first time that he really pulled it back to health a lot. And, and then when we spoke about image, he was like, you know, you will adapt over time. And um, so it was a really beautiful process in that way. And I put a lot of work in when I booked the surgery. I put so much work in in terms of, self-development work and meditation and really sitting with you know all the potentials that were going to come up I mean nothing can prepare you for that moment I, I, act, I remember the tingles in me like the minute the ladies had to get me off the bed after surgery and they walk you into the bathroom to help you go for a wee or I think they were undressing me or I can't even remember what we were in the bathroom for and not intentionally I, I held the, the sink after me surgery and there was a mirror there and I looked up and I just looked so different that I lost like the feeling in my legs. Cause it just, it, it, it was like, who's that person in the mirror? <laughs> and it really took me by surprise. And I just flooded with tears. And they were like, you know, okay. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Just, just really taken back. But you were just the best. The hospital was the best. The surgeons were the best. Um, but super emotional experience. As I say, I did go through a huge shake. Um, in 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 my in my identity, my whole body changed pretty dramatically. So so yeah, it, it's going it's going to affect you. How long ago did you explant now, then, Georgia? I'm only four months four months post explant. And since that four months, what about the symptoms? Have you noticed that some of them have gone, or all of them, or none of them? Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, you can see me, me. I'm grinning from ear to ear because the one. The one that I, I've never experienced since, and I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't know whether it was the drugs afterwards. I just never got any blurry vision, and like, I'm almost so scared to say it because I don't want it to come back. But it do. I haven't experienced the blurry vision. My hair fall was maybe about three or four weeks later. It almost stopped in terms of like. Uh, you know, my hair hasn't completely grew back. Yeah, I've got a bit of root touch up in today because my roots are terrible. But 
in terms of hair fall, yeah, three or four weeks later after the surgery. And then just feeling like I can't explain, almost like a veil being lifted, the brain fog releasing, just feeling more energetic yeah. and that weight. And it causes anxiety, like as much as, you know, part of my job is that, you know, I support people with, you know, emotional development and, and release from things like um, anxiety. I, I felt that that ongoing anxiety, almost just like someone sitting there on the shoulder talking to you all the time because, you know, there's like a little weight there with the implants, literally, and, and in the mind that there's something attacking the body. So, yeah, as soon as they were out, I just felt that release of anxiety, like, oh, just shed away. Amazing. I think it's because your body is just on high alert all the time when you've got those things in you. Yeah. Your, immu- your immune system is being compromised. So your body, you you, yeah. you just feel uptight, I think, all of the time. Because the one thing, I only, have my, I only have mine in for six months, but wow. the one thing that I realised is um, within a week of them coming out was, my God, I knew I felt like shit but yes. I really felt like shit because now I'm realising how great I feel without that pressure, with my body just taking a big, oh, huge sigh of relief. Thank God for that. A million percent. And I just feel so calm again. Yeah, yeah that calmness comes over you. Like, and even for, because um, obviously I didn't, when I had my implants and I couldn't lie on my back. So if I was in bed, I'd have to lie on my side and I'd also have to get a cushion and put it under one side of my boob to take the weight off. And then I also used to put a t-shirt in between the two boobs so it didn't feel the other boob pressing on the other one. It was so dramatic how I slept. <laughs> so when I came out of the surgery... I've got to ask, how big did you go, Georgia? Because they sound like you went huge. How big did? You, how big were you? <laughs> they weren't really huge, but I think they were huge for my brain. But they were... I mean, my team is wrong. I don't know the CC, but... I think they're like 340 grams per one. Is, is that, is that a, let me just check my, pay, my um, I don't know, my CC. That is, mine was in grams and I keep asking them that and I can't get the answer because I don't remember and I know a lot of people use CC. I have no idea. I don't know in the grams or CCs. Yeah, I saw a video this morning of you with them in and, and they did look quite they did look quite big. And to be honest, looking at you now, you look like you've got you've got something decent going on there still now. So so all good. Now, this is like a little, um, I, the best bras I've, I've wore was the, um, they've got like a little bit of padding, but it's almost very thin, but it just, it really feels nice, you know, where the scar's been, where the, um, yeah, where the scar is. It's got like this little sheath in it. It's by Primark's um, Breast Cancer Awareness range. They released a couple of bras and no, this is very deceiving at the moment. Um Wow, okay. Well, I am I am almost completely flat chested, but this has got like this little thing in it. It's very comfortable, so it makes me look a bit bigger. <laughs> I'm go- I'm gonna look into those bras. But and how do you feel when you when you look at yourself in the mirror now and you're naked, how how do you feel about your body now that you've had four months to adjust? Oh, I love it. I like love being a part of the itty bitty titty committee, as I say. <laughs> Yay! And come on, we love it. Yeah, and like, don't get me mm. wrong. It, it, they say it takes months for retraction, and I'm aware that me, you know, me, you know, the saggy and they, they blow a bit easily in the wind and whatever. I'm I like, I'm all, I'm just so okay with that because, as I say, it all comes from, you know, I know I'll pull it back a lot to that like psychological element is because I 
I feel like when I'm watching through this process, I um, I hope, I really hope that they take some time before they go through the process of explantation and after to do some work, like take some time to meditate, take some time to sit with yourself, to start to realize that you're way more than than uh, a pair of boobs. And uh, for me, as I say, because I, I put that work in regular, it doesn't matter what I see. I just see nothing but like strength, love in the mirror. I don't really pick at myself in that way, in a negative way. That's so good. Oh, Georgia, thank you so much for sharing your journey today. Oh, thank you. A friend of mine actually said to me Mm -hmm. a week after I had mine out, do you regret having them out? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh my God, no. Of course I don't regret having them out. But I think nobody can understand until they've actually been through that journey that when you regain your health, that is absolutely the biggest thing. No one gives a shit about the tits anymore. I'm healthy again. I'm full of energy. And that is the most important thing. One million percent. Like, you know, yeah, why health is wealth. It, it literally is. And, you know, why would you want to carry those absolute bags of, you know, I don't know another word. Don't want to swear. Um, shit. Shite. <laughs> um, <laughs> around with you when it makes you feel so like crappy and just, and it, like all to the iffy bitty titties like you do you do not need to be a double d or whatever shape perfectly round to 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 be sexy like it just it's not needed or whatever your reason and and don't get me the amount of messages i've had to say i really want to do this george i really want to go through this i just don't know if i could deal with what my body's gonna look like and i do and and, and i see people rub I do see people reply saying, well, mm. you know, your health comes first, but we have to be aware that psychological health in this whole process is another massive element to this this process. And some women just can't find that leap of courage to take that uh, step because they know they're going to face a lot of um, psychological strain and it's going. it might be a lot more difficult for some people t- to face the body changing in that way. And, yeah. I, and I fully empathise and, and, and respect that. But as I say, you know, there is avenues out there if you feel like I can't go through this process because I'm scared of what my appearance is going to look like. I can reach out to other women because it can be made easier. It's just simply about, um, you know, self-awareness and realising that, your image is is not everything and it and it's it's just a minimal part and I promise you you can find confidence you can feel sexy and it all comes on from within it's not this outer shell um and 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 it, and it's available to everyone but but people just believe, are just so intertwined and in that image is what's solely dependent on them feeling happy and feeling sexy so yeah if, if people are People are doubting going through the process because they're worried what the body's going to look like. Yeah, your body's going to change, but you, you the support out there. Take the time, take some stillness, meditation, and and it will come. That self development will come, and you will learn. You will learn along the journey about feeling confident and about self love and self worth. That it all comes from within, and you will find it. Mightn't be immediately. You might feel like shift for a couple of weeks after having the surgery. But it will come and just just reach out to other women, get that support. 
And if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram, because I know that your page is very empowering and just from hearing you speak there, you know. uh, there may be a lot of people that think, yes, I'm loving this and I want more. What is your Insta handle? So it's Georgia Hayes and underscore, underscore. It's like a double underscore. Just meaning Georgia Hayes underscore, underscore. <laughs> Oh, Georgia, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today and uh, and all those words of wisdom. They were beautiful at the end. I really think that actually quite a lot of women need to hear that because oh, your health you. really is way more important than the way you look. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, thank you for having me on. <laughs> 